Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Comfort Zone. Uh, this is Joe Barksdale here. We have a guest. I always say that at the beginning, but anyway, to the first-time visitors as well as the repeat offenders, thank y'all so much for checking us out. Um, this is a mental health podcast that looks at mental health through the lenses of arts and entertainment, and uh, specifically music, sports, and comedy. But we branch out from there. But not today, because we got a comedian guest. Um, before I uh, do the feelings wheel and get to the guest, um, while these conversations may be therapeutic in nature, uh, neither of us are mental health professionals. Um, I'm still trying to talk my therapist and my psychiatrist into being on. <laughs> but I feel like that's gonna break like HIPAA laws. Maybe I have to change their names, I don't know. Anyway, um, you know, go find the help you need is what I'm saying. Like, I, we can only do so much. This is pre-recorded. Like, we can't even talk to you in real time. All right, anyway. I will not claim to be able to do anything for you. Okay. By we, I mean me, myself, and I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited to have our guest. And you know what? That's going to be... Is, is excited on here? Probably somewhere, I'm sure. Come on. It's got to... Please. All right. You know what? I see ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. Ecstatic? I'm ecstatic. I'm liberated. I'm joyful. There we go. Nice. I'm joyful to have our guest on the uh, show today, and I'm just joyful in this moment in general. Um, even when you're depressed, sometimes uh, the sun shines through every now and then. Um, and without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce our guest for the day. Now, normally I don't do like bios and stuff, but I will say this. Well, actually, we'll just talk about it later. You you, <laughs> you made some really good mental health related jokes and I love it. Oh, I, I love to see it because you didn't just use it as a punchline. But before we get to that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce Paige Nelson. Paige, give us a, a brief bio of yourself and then, um, you know, your, your feeling and we'll go from there. My feeling at the moment. Okay, well, I'm Paige Nelson. It's great to be on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I am a comedian based out of Florida, not by choice. Uh, that's just that's where I live at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing comedy for like, uh, I guess, three years. But really, like the pandemic hit in the middle of my, my comedic career. So I guess more like two years. But, um, oh, no, nah, I, I would still call that three years. Like, okay, like you know okay. how many people quit comedy during the pandemic? True, 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 true. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I've been doing comedy for about three years. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I've been trying to branch out recently and get into doing comedy in other places besides just Florida. Um, so that is where I met you, Joe. That's why I met mm-hmm. Joe. I met him at a show in New York that we both mm-hmm. did. And I think we both crushed it, and it was super fun. Mm. And, yeah, that's pretty much all about me. I'm part of a, a collective comedy group here in Florida. We are called uh, Dunce Cat Comedy. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of like our collective group. We put on shows once in a while. Uh, but our, like, manager and promoter just actually just moved to Austin. So Nice. Yeah, he's trying to do some shows up there, too. So, um, but, yeah, so that's it. That's us. Yeah, I have to get his information off the air, of course. I don't have you. you know, <laughs> yeah, his number sure. is 314. Uh, I'll put his number out there. That's fine. See, I'm it's sure you mine. would. <laughs> <laughs> so what? You say you've been doing comedy for three years. What got you into comedy? Um, Pretty much my life just being a joke. 
you know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just was in a really terrible place, and um, comedy was like my last ditch effort at like finding something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as bad as it sounds, but yeah, I I was in a bad place. Um, I started going to like group therapy through NAMI, um, and or like group you know support groups and that's uh, National Alliance of Mental Illness. Yep, yep, yeah. Shout, shout out to Nami. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, I started going there, and just as I talked to more people in the group, there was someone there who actually uh, had been doing comedy for a while, and he approached me and was like, hey, have you ever thought about doing comedy? And I was like, yeah, of course. So I was like, but I could never do that. And then he was like, no, you can, and this is how you do it. And then that's how I got into it. Would you say that it took you a while to, like, find your voice on stage because i feel like you found your voice i could be wrong i'm not a 10-year vet but uh, (laughs) (laughs) no no yeah i mean neither am i but i do feel like i found uh, a good amount of my voice on stage um and yeah that just that that definitely took some working out you know i mean i i feel like a lot of comedians at first um are always just trying to be relatable, like as relatable as they can, um, mm. it, it, without any personal information necessarily involved, um, which is fine. But I think like the true, like where you stand out to people and where you start to really find your voice is when you start including like a lot of things from your own personal life or your personal experiences and stuff like that while also trying to be relatable. Um, and I feel like I've, I've definitely gotten a lot better than that, better at that. Uh, within the last like year so yeah i definitely feel like i've i've gotten into a groove and found my voice pretty well i've talked to a bunch of comedians i mean once again like these aren't like pro <laughs> pros like talk to, we're talking to chris rock and dave Chappelle, but no nah, i've talked to <laughs> a bunch of my comedian friends like around the city um and i'm not gonna say that there's a fear but there's definitely like an apprehension of people you know um using their art to imitate their life in that one-to-one ratio. Yeah. Is that something that you had to, like, work through from a, uh, like, you know, a nervousness standpoint? Because, I mean, it's you know, it's nervous to put your... How can I put it? It's nervous to put your... your inner self out there and like I'm not nervous. It makes you nervous to put your inner self out there because people could not laugh or people could not give you the feedback that you're looking for. Did you have any of those? Mm -hmm. Um, Did you deal with any of that as you started incorporating more and more of your life into comedy? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think um, like your life in general and things that you struggle with that you may like make jokes about or want to make jokes about is already like so vulnerable Um, it's already something that, you know, we tend to hide away a lot. Um, so I think that is, it's natural to be even more, uh, like apprehensive whenever you're trying to put it into comedy or you're trying to put it into a routine and be on stage. And like, like you said, like people could not laugh. They could, Mm -hmm. my biggest fear um, with it is that people wouldn't be able to relate to it. And I still have those fears. Like, um, a lot of the times when I when I put stuff into my comedy, because I'm from a really small town uh, in a really like rural redneck area. And mm. um, I know that a lot of these bigger places that I start going to, like people aren't may not necessarily relate to that. But um, 
And there's some really we- like weird niche things that people who like live out in the boonies do that I think is so funny, but I don't think that a lot of people relate to it. So it's still definitely a fear of mine that people just won't get it. Mm. But um, but I also think it's a, like that part of it is entertaining because it is part of like the craft, right? Is like finding how these really weird niche things can be relatable and how you can kind of like work them uh, to make them stand out to people and, and be funny. How do you, how does it feel to write a new joke? Bad. (laughs) 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 No, it doesn't feel bad. I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my feelings wheel. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Look at my feelings wheel. How do I feel when I write a new joke? Um, Fearful. I'm saying when you're done with it. Um, uh, when I'm done with it, a lot of times I feel um, kind of like, I feel excited a lot of the time when I write a new joke and I'm done with it. Or, But that's the thing. is like I feel like I'm never done with it. I'm never done with a joke. Like I'll write it and I'll be like, all right, this is great. And then I put it on stage and then, you know, there's always things that you tweak and you move around. So. Right. I feel like I'm never like done writing a specific joke, um, but once I get it like pretty much figured out, I usually feel really good about it, um, and I feel excited to like put it out there, and uh, and then I feel like you know it gets old really quickly for me. Um, I don't know why I feel that way, but I'm just some like I'll do it, you know, like five or six times, and then I'm like, all right, that's that's enough. Like I don't mm-hmm. need to hear this anymore, even though it's different people hearing it. Like there are different crowds, different people are hearing it. It hits the same way every time, but you yourself just get kind of like tired of it. you're like, oh my god, this one again? Come on, like yeah, I feel that. I, but um... yeah, but usually like right <laughs> after I write a new joke, like I feel pretty good about it, and I'm excited to like get it out there and and just work on it. I feel that I, I I get excited, but also like scared to death because it's oh, oh yeah, this is definitely. so great. What if it's the last one? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I'm you like, know, what if this ends at all? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This what joke if this was is hilarious. So poorly received, or that too. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, um, yeah. Or yeah, like you were saying, the other end of the spectrum where you're like, all right, this is it. This is the peak of my career. Yeah, I'll like, never what ha- write anything funnier than that. I've thought about that a lot. Like, even when yeah, I write yeah. jokes now, I'm like, I have not written my funniest joke yet. But, nice. you know, that's but a when good you place have, to be in. I feel like I have, yeah. I mean, I know that's not true, but yeah, I. Yeah, that's not true at all. Yeah, I know it's not true, but it's just like, I can't help but feel that way. And I'm just like, damn, I'm like, that's a good joke. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like not getting any better than that. <laughs> So what kept you going? Like, we talked earlier about um, how people quit. A lot of comedians quit during COVID. And, I mean, you see the comedians who have been doing it, like, five-plus years. They all obviously are still around. But, like, everybody under five years has definitely been a fall-off. What kept Mm -hmm. you going? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think just, like, honestly, I think the community around it, um, really kept me going, especially like here where I live in Gainesville. Like I can't speak for other places, but um, the community that we have in Gainesville, the Gainesville comedy scene is like pretty, I I guess it's close, like it's pretty close knit and like everybody's pretty supportive and like reaching out and stuff and being like, oh, like let's work this bit. Let's still workshop. Let's Zoom. Let's do this. Like, and we did like, you know, we did the Zoom shows and whatever and they sucked like every other Zoom show because mm-hmm. there's no feedback and 
you know, but it still was just like, it was something, you know, mm. and it was always a like, okay, well, like now I can like, I can still at least write, you know, at least I have all this time to write. Um, did I use it to write? No, absolutely not. It did not. I wrote nothing new and <laughs> I came out of the pandemic with the same shit that I had at the beginning. And I feel like a lot of people did that. Like I felt like such shit for not writing anything new, but it was really comforting to get back and realize that everyone had done the same thing. Like everyone was like, yeah, and it just sucked for like a year. They were like, yeah. I didn't write anything either. And I was like, okay, great. Glad we're all on the same page. <laughs> what are your um what are you, what are your goals? Like with comedy? What is what is your ultimate? I don't know. I mean, my ultimate goal would obviously to just be like to just do this at my job. Mm-hmm. To you know, end up on um, you know, end up with my own specials and and stuff like that. I mean, I feel like uh, I don't know. I feel like I do have aspects of my personality that could be good for like acting and stuff like that. And I've I've like gotten in, tried to get into acting before, but like I said, I'm from a super small town, so like we didn't have any like theater or anything mm-hmm. like that that I really had an opportunity to get in until I moved here. Um, and I just like took a couple like I took like theater classes in college and stuff like that. Um, and I really like that, and I really. Um, but I feel like I am like very true to just like the stand up life. Like mm-hmm. um, I don't know that I would. I don't want to say I wouldn't venture outside of that because I definitely would, you know, I mean, wherever there's a job in like comedy, that's where I'm going. But, um, my dream, my ultimate goal would just be like a tried and true, like stand up, you know? Okay. Yeah. So like, I mean, everybody wants to be on SNL and stuff like that. And I'm not saying like, I wouldn't ever want to be on SNL. I mean, I would love that, but I just feel like, um, you know, people have like sketch comedy, people have improv, but I'm like very much like, straight and narrow uh stand up i feel that yeah was it difficult for you to learn because like it's it's hard to explain like how to write a joke or any of that kind of stuff but you do like you learn it as you do it it's I don't mm-hmm. know. was that was that part of it difficult for you it, i mean it wasn't super difficult uh i think I think the most difficult part, and I feel like this is like pretty across the board for most stand-ups, especially when you're first starting out, is uh, learning what information is pertinent to the joke and what information doesn't matter at all. Because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like everybody who gets up there um, for their first times is like, you know, maybe they've got five minutes and like maybe 30 seconds of those five minutes is like a punchline. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that is kind of like, difficult to get the hang of at first is like cutting your your information down to where it's like you know set up punchline set up punchline um and of course like there are other ways to go about it you know there are different styles of comedy i'm not saying one is right one is wrong Mm. you know there are like storytellers there are like strictly like set up but but you're talking about base technique yeah yeah Yeah. just like base technique I, i feel like it's hard to like get to a point where you know what should go in a joke and what should be left out and i feel like i'm always learning that i'm always like writing does that make it harder for you to talk to people like to have conversations with people because like i've noticed since doing comedy somebody be telling you a story it's like all right what (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like this is an audio book tell me what i need to know yeah 
people will be talking to me and I'll be like, meat and potatoes. What do I need to hear? Yeah. Like we waste like, time. I need all this background information. I'm like, <laughs> tell me what I need to hear. It's like, what and happened? What bad. happened yesterday? Like, so when I was seven, what the fuck? I'm Why like, are we going all the way back to seven? <laughs> I don't I need to that. know. <laughs> I'm like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> I do that oh. all the time, yeah. Especially at work. Oh my god, it happened to me today. Someone came in and was like, "Just one of my employees was just like, yeah, I'm going on a date tonight." I was like, "Why? Why? No." <laughs> it amazes me the things that people will tell you sometimes. Like, I'm going on a date. Like, that's not. This isn't work. I mean, I guess it's workplace conversation. No. We got a job. To, oh, it's not. It's, yeah, no. we got a job to do. I mean, it, sure, it can be. Not for me though. No, I don't. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> See, we worked. I, I just worked here. I my coworker like after he walked away, and I was like, "Do I? Does this face? Do I give off the look of someone who would like to know things about your personal life?" I, I don't know. You do look focused. No, I'm just. Playing. I mean, I'm focused, but that's what that's the thing. Like, I'm focused on what I need to be focused on. Okay, that's never true. I have ADHD, so I'm like never focused on what I need to be focused on. But like, when people are talking to me, I'm like, let's get to it. So, do you? You were talking. You just said ADHD. What was I about to ask you? Do you meet with a therapist? Yeah, yeah, I have a therapist. What are your thoughts on therapy? I love therapy. Okay. I think therapy is a is a great tool. I um, think therapists are overpaid, and at the end of the day, they're glorified <laughs> drug pushers. I'm just playing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That maybe a psychiatrist. Maybe a psychiatrist. No, I'm talking shit. I love. I always say on this show, I love therapy. Yeah. No. We'll yeah. Maybe doctors. Doctors, I could see overpaid and just drug user, drug, uh, drug um, dealers. Dealers. That's regular doctors, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you but, gonna need um, 300 milligrams of Vicodin. Yeah, for the for rest what? of your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Pharmaceutical oh, you're companies are making drugs? a killing. Shouldn't have done that. Should not Fuck have done for that. You. Wow. Shout out to drugs for winning the war on drugs. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole war. Drugs won. Okay. They definitely did. They won all the battles and also the war. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And when the hell are they going to be legal everywhere? Okay, not all drugs. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> this is not a show about drugs. We should get. That's a different podcast. That's a different podcast. Um, Maybe we should have statues instead of like war figures. We should have drug statues. Replace all the war figure statues with like Robert E. Lee knock him down and just make a drug statue, like a giant mushroom. Yeah, why not? Bro, I saw the most awkward statue the other day. It was like, like five different slaves like chained together, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I get it. Part of me is like, you don't want to forget history, but another part is like, Jesus, I gotta walk by this every day. Like, Damn. imagine if you work down the street, like oh, slavery. Like, oh know. my god, maybe I, I could, maybe maybe I could see like putting that in like the, maybe some of the least diverse states. You know, like I heard Vermont's pretty pretty white, like pretty not diverse. Like maybe put it up there. Like maybe people like that should be reminded to not forget That's history. Real. But like we don't we don't need that in the south. We don't need that in the diverse states. That's it's enough. just so weird. I've had slavery really, like, slavery was introduced to me at, like, way too young, but, like, the age of five. Like, we watched Roots in kindergarten, oh African-American God. studies class. Oh, y'all think shit's funny. Y'all think that's funny? Don't worry about it. We watching Roots tomorrow. Oh, my God. No no permission slips were signed. No, no, nobody's parents were for. Oh, my God. The good old days. And I do understand why that teacher was not working there. Like, <laughs> 
she definitely was not there when I get when I hit the first grade. But yeah. Oh my god. So I feel like I may have a different relationship to it. Cause you know how like you see stuff so much and you can become desensitized. Oh, I feel sure. like I've become oversensitized. Like, <laughs> to, to it. Yeah. Like somebody'll crack a joke about slavery and part of me is just like, oh uh-uh. Like <laughs> uh-uh. I'm not laughing at that. That was kind of funny. I'm not laughing at that. I got rich. <laughs> I got jokes about slavery. Like if I was a slave. Oh my god. Um, so the punchline of that joke is actually suicide, which brings me perfectly to my <laughs> which brings me perfectly to my next question that I was gonna ask you. Cause I noticed you do have a lot of material that involves like your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um were you inspired to write these things after meeting with a therapist or before? And follow-up question. What do you say to people who find out you are wait, would you consider yourself mentally ill? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I definitely just took that and ran. I'm like, based off the humor, like, <laughs> are you on medicine? Yeah. Oh, okay, for sure. See? Yeah. I'm not saying that there's a correlation, but she did just say we both crushed it and we both are mentally ill and on medicine. Look, I think there is. What do you say to people that, when you know, when you tell them that you're bad on a mental illness or whatever, and they're like, oh, he's so lucky. If I was if I was mentally ill, I'd have so much great material. Like, wait, like, no one yeah, said that to you? It's the best. <laughs> if you could keep yourself me. alive from suicide long enough, you could have a really good career. Yeah, for real. Just ask. Well, no, he's dead. Well, no, he's dead too. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't have me a comedy special. Damn. Like, what an ellipsis. Shit. <laughs> so, wait, what was my first question? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. We'll start um, with the second, oh, we'll start with the second question. To, uh, to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you, did you get inspired to write mental health jokes? Like, well, wait, when did you start therapy? Let me start there. I've had a tumultuous relationship with therapy. I feel like I'm in it, and then I'm out of it, and then I'm in it, and then I'm out of it. And that's my I feel fault. that. Nah, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. Like, I get yeah. it. Because there's times where I'm in therapy, I'm just looking at my therapist, and she's looking at me, and I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> this hour-long conversation is not about to save my life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? I'll see I you again that. later on this week. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's hard. Starting therapy is always hard. Mm. Especially when you're, like, starting. And I've been through, like, so many therapists, I feel like. It's hard. It's really hard to find someone who, like, you you click with. Because you do have to find someone that, like, suits, like, your specific needs for what you mm. need. Th- like, from a therapist. And, um, yeah, it's hard to find someone who, like, you really like. And then I feel like... In my experience, I feel like I, I find someone that I really like, and then they're like, all right, bye. I'm moving. Or, like, I, I'm just a student, so I got to go. And it oh, sucks. That sucks. Yeah, so I've had an on-and-off relationship with therapy. But, um, yeah, I started therapy probably – I started going to therapy probably, like, five years ago. Okay, well, that, that rules my first question null and void because you've been doing therapy longer than you've been doing comedy. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, I, I go to therapy a little bit, and then I wouldn't, and then I go back, and then I wouldn't, and yeah, I don't know. It's just hard. Um, like anything, like any other doctor's appointments that I have, like I never, I don't do them when I'm supposed to. Like I feel that. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
When you got to do something every week for your entire year, it's hard. It's, it's people that can't eat healthy every week for the entire year or like work out, but yeah. they make, oh, it's easy to go see a therapist. What keeps you going back? Like, because, yeah, it is very difficult. And I'm pretty sure there's somebody listening right now like, yeah, it is hard. And that's why I don't got it. Yeah, well, just relax, Randall. Chill, okay? chill, 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 chill. Now let chill. me finish. Let her finish. Um, Yeah, it's hard, but I always go back because I know that it's it's just like my quality of life overall is always better uh, when I'm seeing a therapist consistently and when I'm um, like properly medicated. And, um, yeah, it just improves like everything in my life. But I think the hardest thing is realizing that it, you're not going to get that instant gratification from it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're not just going to go once or twice and, oh, all your problems are solved or, you know, you feel better. Like it takes, it's like, it's work just like anything mm-hmm. else, any relationships or anything like that. Like it is something you have to work at, but it's so worth it. You know, it just like, it definitely makes all aspects of my life better. It makes like my brain fog like clearer and makes my my like relationship so much like more peaceful is the best way Mm -hmm. i could put it like Mm -hmm. yeah like definitely like calms everything down like that's going on in my head when i'm consistently doing therapy like i have a lot less intrusive thoughts um and stuff like that and so it's just like yeah it's something that like (sighs) i don't know i don't want to say i could get by without it because like it's hard to, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know. On the other hand, I also recognize that like therapy is not cheap. Like it's definitely mm-hmm. expensive and it can definitely be like a privilege to be able to go to therapy. And mm-hmm. I recognize that as well. Cause I've definitely been in a position where I'm like, I cannot afford it anymore. And so I've had mm-hmm. to stop going. Um, and luckily like I've been able to find places around me that do like sliding scale like pay therapy so they they, that's what's up yeah so they take what you make and then you know you pay based off that so there was a period of time where i was only paying like three dollars a session you know so Mm -hmm. there are that's how it goes right it's usually the people that need it the most that can't that don't have access to it yeah exactly and the people who are like privileged enough to just be able to do it whenever they want like don't believe in it for some mm-hmm. reason and they're just like, I don't mm-hmm. need it. And it's like I think it's something that like people really take for granted is being able to to even have that access. So but yeah. What what uh illnesses uh or what have you been diagnosed with? Besides um, the ADHD. Yeah, so there's the ADHD and then um like uh oh what's the like major depressive disorder and then um BPD. Okay. And um, also PTSD. So just working my way through the mentally ill alphabet, you know. I feel that. A to Z. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it makes you funny? That's not even a question. It definitely <laughs> does. It's funny that you said your life was a joke because my wife legitimately said that. Like, <laughs> Dude, yeah. my life was a joke. Like last week. That's good, though. Yeah, it was. It inspired me. And now look yeah. at me. I'm on a podcast. And you'll never run out of material. Yeah. yeah. We're on the way. We're on our way. Hell yeah. Before you know it, we're going to be on Comedy Central or whatever the hot. For sure, for sure. Whatever we whatever decide. Whatever it is. Oh, is or our, that. Yeah, we'll be we, tastemakers. Yeah, that's right. You guys are lucky to be listening to this. This is a blessing. Yeah, no, you just... hear that? You better yeah, put this in your archives. One day you're going to so be do- like, wow, I listened to them. 
back when. That's true. Back when. Yeah. These motherfuckers are doing 100 shows a week. Wait, how does that work? Yeah. I'm sorry. Just 27 uh, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, 20, minutes set over and over. What's the longest you think that you could do comedy? Like, not years. I'm talking about, like, on stage. And let's say, like, there was an unlimited amount of time. Like, what's the longest you think that you could do? And let's say you had unlimited material, too. Like, how long do you think you would be on stage before you're like, all right, that's it. Good night. Oh, man. I don't know. I guess it just depends. Like, it depends on how the crowd is, I feel like. Like, if if I had unlimited material and I had unlimited time, I feel like I would just go until I couldn't go anymore. I could go for, like, Yeah, I feel like they'd have to pull me off. Yeah. Like, if the crowd was into it, I could probably go for hours. Sir, it's been three days. You need to <laughs> yeah. bathe. I don't need got, to do you anything. Sleep. You're There's manic. no one. The audience is the audience. I'm killing right now. There's no one here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> schizophrenia. Add that to the list. Yeah, like y'all don't hear the. But yeah, <laughs> I'm killing it. It's weird how there's the correlation between those things, and I've been the main one that's always like. There's no correlation. It just happens to be that way. But there really is a correlation. <laughs> like, right. I had to come to that realization. Like, even when you talk about, I mean, I don't know what your religious, uh, what is the word? I don't know what your religious views are. Mm-hmm. But, like, even in the Bible, like, you know, Christianity, that's America, it's America's religion, followed closely by atheism. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, even in the Bible, like, you see these people, like, displaying these great people that people, you know, like King David, like, you know, you see him displaying, like, you know, certain characteristics of different mental illnesses and mm-hmm. these kind of things. Um, and I I don't know. It's, it, it's a... There's a phrase, like, in order for someone to do... In order for God to use someone greatly, he has to hurt them deeply. Hmm. What do you think about that? Now we're now we're all the way into theology and philosophy. <laughs> like <laughs> we just went from comedy central specials to like four thousand level courses. Straight to the history channel. Straight to the history channel. What is the quote? It's for God to use someone greatly. He has to hurt. He them has to deeply. hurt him deeply. I think that's fucked up. <laughs> it is fucked up. It's but the more I think about up. it, like the truer it is. Though look, I mean, look at yourself. Yeah. Look at the comedian that you're gonna be, and look at all the things that happened to you that made you that comedian. Yeah, I mean, I do think that like <laughs> shit. Fuck about- the comedian you're gonna be, the comedian you are. Like, <laughs> thank you. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, hurt me greatly. Why do you have to hurt me greatly? You can hurt me a little bit. I feel like I feel like it humbles you. <laughs> no, it definitely does. I do. I agree with like the like learning from your past and like your past like mistakes and trials and tribulations or whatever you want to call it definitely like shape who you become or they have a part in it they're not solely that yeah it's not solely that it's just a common denominator that i found i guess what i'm saying is like the common denominator the common denominator behind success is pain yeah for most people. I don't know. If you fell into success, is it really success? I don't know. Yeah, I, I consider that oh, more yeah. of a lucky I guess gamble. It de- I guess it depends on what kind of success success you're talking about. How do you define success? <sighs> I don't know. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. <laughs> I would say 
Why did I say that like I had an answer? Uh, you want to go first? I'll take it. I'll take, uh, I'll take this one. <laughs> all right, what you got? Nothing. I would say a successful person is someone... It's weird because the older I get, the more I realize it has nothing to do with, like, financial standing. Right. It has it everything to do like, with, like, how you feel internally, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, you think you'll ever be... I ain't gonna lie. I don't know if I'll ever be successful because, of, like, as I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever be as successful as I want to be or as I, like, think that I should because I think, like... I don't know. I just think success is relative and I think there are different aspects of success. Like you can be successful in multiple different things. Like if you're like, okay, you're a billionaire. Okay. You're successful financially maybe, but like you're shout out to Kanye. But yes, Kanye, I think he's successful in a lot of ways, you know, <laughs> as he's musically successful. He's like lyrically, poetically, I feel like he's successful in like the art fashion you know fashion yeah. yeah he's okay connie is very successful and once again i'm I'm gonna go right back to that bipolar disorder like true. my dog may be autistic true i mean very true let's just let's just talk about famous people who've been through a bunch of books no i'm just <laughs> my therapist <laughs> actually them. was the one that put me on that yeah she's like all your heroes have been through what you're going through and yeah. i'm like damn i never thought about that that's but it's a true. cool thing to think about really but- I think so. All your heroes uh, have been through, have felt the way you feel, and have felt what you're going through. I feel like that makes them a lot more attainable. That makes your goals a lot more attainable. Wow, I actually never looked at it that way before. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. I feel like, wow. oh, all your heroes have felt this way. It's like, oh, okay, so they've been in the same place that I am, which means that I am just as likely to be in the place that they are. You think like that most of the time? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. No. <laughs> it's funny. I feel like if you did think like that most of the time, though, like, you wouldn't be as funny. I don't know how to explain that. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't be as cynical, that's for sure. <sighs> wouldn't be as dark. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I try really hard. I've tried really hard to, like, be the person that's, like, always positive and is, like, always optimistic and is, like... Oh, I can't do that shit. Thinking like that. And it's so hard. And I hate it. It's I can't so do hard. It. It's not me. It's just not me. And I've I've tried to be that way because I've seen, like, other people be that way. And I'm like, they, they look so happy. Like, look at the impact that they've left on people. Like, it's a good one. And yeah. so I'm like, yeah, I I want to do that and then it's i do it for like a day and i'm like this is miserable i hate people i don't like this uh, this I, oh my god i hate people so much yeah. not all of y'all yeah not everyone but like yeah, a good there's mom. always some never all yeah yeah yeah. Like, she said a good amount <laughs> about 95 percent of the world yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i i haven't met them but i don't need to i don't know that. that's real <laughs> that's a thing. so would you so i'm guessing you consider yourself like an introvert that's the thing is like I don't even I don't consider myself an introvert because like I still like like I like going out I like like doing things with my friends I don't For know sure. it's hard like I'm not I'm I'm really not an introvert like I'm pretty I'm pretty extroverted most of the time but um I don't know I definitely have a cap I definitely have a social cap where I'm just like, all right, this is enough. And, and then you got to recharge. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
please excuse those screams. Those are my daughters. They're coming in from the backyard. <laughs> That's okay. You could probably hear my dog fucking scratching at the door whining earlier. So I actually could not. No. Oh, good. Probably I'm glad. What kind of dog you got? A greyhound. Nice. Yeah. You got uh, two Doberman. Oh, nice. And they are the sassiest fucking dogs. I love that. Ever- so sassy. I love Dobies. Well, if you want one, no, I'm just <laughs> We could trade. No, you don't no, want a dog. He's so weird. <laughs> As you said that, I was like, nah. Because nah. Santa's Little Helper is a Greyhound, right? From The Simpsons? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> I should we'll watch more Simpsons. Out. My dad loves The Simpsons. God, I feel so <laughs> I know. All right. I threw that um, in my mouth and I was like, that was rude. <laughs> My dad loves that show. <laughs> Thanks. It's my favorite game. Uh, it's my favorite arcade game. Is The Simpsons? You, you, you really don't have to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do that. You really don't have to do that. It's fine. <laughs> We're not that different in age. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be. It's funny though. It seems like with comedy, like you have to be older to be good. Like some things. I guess that's with any of the arts, though, because even yeah. like with music, like people, yeah. I, I guess mean, you need something to say. Yeah. Speaking of something to say, <laughs> what do you want to say? Like, if you say, if you could say, like, there's a a message or a unifying theme behind your comedy, what would it be? Um, that's a good question. I've never thought about that before. Me neither. Actually, as I <laughs> <laughs> Like I've See, never, that's why there's no script. Yeah, like I've, <laughs> I've never thought of like a general theme behind my comedy. Like my comedy is mostly just like I'm sad, and you guys all get to experience what comes from that. It's weird. I see it differently, but what do you see it as? Like I don't know. It's different than I'm sad because I feel like I'm sad is just when you crack a joke and you use like you know depression as a punchline, mm-hmm, like the punchline being like, huh, like I'm gonna kill myself, like yeah, like next joke. Uh-huh, like, yeah. Speaking of suicide, like <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you you come across as someone that wants to be understood. I observe people a lot. You come across as someone no, like that it. like you want to be understood. And you recognize that, like, the things that you have to say are very specific to, like, you and your life. But at the same time, because they're so specific to you and your life, they can be relatable to other people in their lives. Because even the stuff that you were talking about on stage, I ain't about to run your material on this show. But even the stuff you were talking about on stage, like, I'm not from a small rural town. I'm from Detroit. Yeah. But I still got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, And I also think... uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? It's very... Is the word casual? Because I guess all comedy's yeah. casual, but, like, it's this balance between, like, casual and confidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I would say what you're trying to say is, I'm a human being. This is, you know, these are my thoughts. This is what I think. Y'all should stop. You know, like, I don't know, like, I'm not saying that you say don't fuck with people like me, but like, <laughs> this is what, this is how people like me think. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's very, not, the word is not customizable. It's very unique to you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I mean, even know if I answered the question at all. I feel like I just, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? 
fuck was that? Well, it was beautiful. <laughs> it's, it was beautiful. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, I um, I really like that, and I appreciate that you pulled that out of um, my set. And yeah, that is a lot of what I try to do. I do try to be uh, relatable and understood. Uh, well, I I guess I try to be understood in a way that is relatable to everyone. Um, you know, like like you said, you're not from a, a rural town, but I feel like everybody can really come together to hate rednecks and like. <laughs> That's, or just, I mean, you do a good job of painting the picture, too. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you, you gotta know. get some context in there. So, but, um, yeah, I'm glad that people get more from it than just I'm sad. Because, like, I guess, like, that's not really what it is. It is just, like, um, I don't know. Like, I just need, like, a creative outlet for, like, things. I feel like most comedians are sad. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that, like, I feel like... Because it's, it's this whole thing, right, of, like, that we've talked about, which is, like, uh, comedy comes from pain or success comes from pain. And I, I get that, and I agree with that. But then it's, like, when I am actively, like, having a depressive episode or when I'm actively, like, not feeling well, like, I don't write. I have no motivation to write anything new. I don't feel creative. I don't feel good about my comedy at all. And it's really hard to like actually do comedy and to create new material it's when i'm feeling good and when i'm like consistently you know like like we said like seeing therapists like doing doing all the right things it's when i'm feeling good that i am creative and that i am writing but then i'm i'm writing about those sad times so it's like you kind of need both like you definitely need a balance of both i feel Mm. like in in the comedy world like you do need those hard times and like that kind of like mental illness aspect of it but you also need the good times where you're like okay like yeah i was really sad over here but now i can now i'm feeling a little bit more motivated to write about it and to kind of like make it creative make it funny or whatever what would you say the two percentages like um out of a year it's funny my wife asked me that oh really like she she was like, you know, what do you do? You think our good days outweigh our bad days? And I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. Out of 365 days, I feel like we have maybe 10 bad days. Like, the rest of those are good days. Good. Now, if we're talking about my relationship with myself, I would say it's more of like a 45. Like, yes, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a 45, 55. Yes, know? I feel like it's an important distinction to make. Like, if somebody's asking you, like, oh, do our good days outweigh our bad? It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm like as far as like my relationship goes, like I'm very happy, and I. I'm, oh no! I wouldn't ask you about your relationship. No, no, no but just, yeah. But since but, we talking about it, yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I know what you mean. It's like, yeah, like there are different aspects of of that question. But like as far as I go, like me with myself, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's probably like, I don't know. It just depends. It's probably like fifty fifty. My shit is like blackjack. It's three to one. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, as I was thinking about it, like I'm like. Yeah, it's three to one. Yeah. Like, how how often do you see a therapist? Um, I used to go once a week. Now it's like once every two weeks. Well, what about the psychiatrist? Like once a month. For sure. Yeah, because like I, I psychiatry, psychiatry is just like they're on the phone with you we're, five minutes. And we're checking like, in. Yeah. How's like, the medicine the doing? Yeah, exactly. You good? You bleeding anywhere? All right, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you in a month. How's you want to get together? Oh, that's not that bad. You're good. That's not that bad. <laughs> it's like yeah. <laughs> A rash on your pelvis, you're fine. It's fine, it's fine. Don't even worry you're about fine. that. That'll go away. How's the brain, though? How are we feeling up here? <laughs> Still suicidal, for sure. Well, maybe you need to, okay, do, well, maybe we're you gonna need up to up these. 
It's like I can't take it anymore. I they, they just look at you. You look like a skeleton. You look like a ghost because like, the person <laughs> thinks you're so physically ill. And they're like, they're like oh, you look like you're losing weight. Effects. That's that's healthy. Like, yeah, look like you're good. leaning out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm with a therapist twice a week, and like, so I definitely understand what you're talking about. With mm-hmm. like, there'll be yeah times where it's like, bro, what, what are we? What am I doing? Yeah. And then you look at yourself in the mirror after you hang up from your Don't internet call. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's terrible. Like, looking at your reflection. Oh. Even looking at myself right now, it's like, what the fuck are you looking at? You're right, bro, my bad. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, wow, we look like that, huh? Okay. <laughs> this is something we're going to work through. This is the way that I'm presenting myself to the world. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> The worst is to look at a picture of yourself and you're oh, like, this is not how the outfit looked in the mirror. Pictures are all <laughs> Like, they're so bad. I hate them. So do you just tell people, like, hey, in my religion, we can't. Take- I've done that before. Like, in my religion, I can't take photos. You, you've stolen a piece of my soul. And a piece of my like, soul, yeah. I'm so sorry. No, I'm just bullshitting. I think, no, I would roll with it. I'd be like, yeah, don't put that anywhere. Delete it, like, actually, right now. Right now. Right now. You know what's really funny? Hmm. It's like, one day someone's going to walk up to you with a picture of you and say, hey, is this you? And you'll be like, no. <laughs> not at all. You'll probably change your voice, too. <clears throat> no. No, it's not. That not. Like, <clears throat> that's not me at not all. Me. No, you got the wrong <laughs> page. Have, you ever, have people ever ran up on you in public? Like, recognizing you from comedy? No. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I can't. Sure. I don't think so. No. I mean, like maybe like immediately after shows, when it's still fresh in their brain, they see me out on the town. They'll be like, "Oh, you do, you do comedy. You're funny." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, thanks." And that, that's it. <laughs> that's real. It's funny. Yeah. Like I remember seeing you on stage. I'm like, "Yeah, I would not talk to this woman outside of comedy, <laughs> outside of a comedy area." I could just tell, like, the way you got on stage. I'm like, I feel like I'd be too afraid to talk to her. In oh, real life. come on. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? It'll be better when I end this conversation. <laughs> All right, to be but fair, yeah. that's probably that's something I would say. And then I came at you with the most aggressive, hey, listen, I'm not trying to fight you, but can I see you outside? <laughs> you <laughs> did. That was so funny. He was like, I need you were like, I need to talk to you outside. I was like, I was like okay. Because I was honestly, like, my plan was to get off stage and leave. Yeah. But then you went, and I was like, fuck, all right, let me get her information. Like, I'm glad you didn't leave. Damn I'm glad it. you didn't leave. Well, I, no, because you went before me. So I was like, well, I'll be staying after my oh, set to get her information. Yeah, I guess yeah. I did. Nice. You did. It's funny, because I was sitting in a corner with a bunch of New York comedians, and it looked like, you ever been to a track meet? Are you in a sports mm-hmm. event? Yeah. You ever seen a track meet where, like, you know, that one school shows up that have just been racing each other, and it's like, holy shit, these kids are fat. Like, yeah. I'm not even the fastest kid in New York. Like, yeah. that's, that's, what the, <laughs> that's what the comedians in the corner were looking like. It's like, up until that point, you know, it had been kind of ebb and flow. Everybody's just in the back shooting the shit, whatever. Yeah. You got off stage, it was like, oh, let me look at my material. <laughs> I hate when people start looking at their material like, right before they go on stage. If you don't know it by now, you ain't going to know it. You're like, done. Just forget it. Save it for later. Save it for another Is it a time. pet peeve of yours when people ask for how much time they have left? 
Do what? On stage. Is it a pet peeve of yours when someone says, like, how much time do I have left yeah. like, on stage? I fucking hate that. I hate it. I'm like, oh you my should God. Know. Not only well, one, you know, should know. And two, like, if you fishing for minutes, sit down. For real. Like, sit down. Just so all it. y'all that are asking how much time you got left, that, you should be saying thank you, good night. Yeah, literally. Like, do not like, do that. Especially yeah, because there is like, okay, it's five minutes and we're going to light you at one. It's like, so you only have four minutes to not know what time it is or how, how I ain't gonna lie. much time you have I left? think it's worse when it gets longer because like. I feel like oh, the five yeah. minutes is what gets you ready for the 10, for the 15, for, for sure. the 20. Does it wait, does it always go in fives? Son of a bitch. But um I guess so, yeah. I don't know why I just thought of, why that just clicked. But uh type five. Yeah. Turns into like if you can't I feel like if you ask her how much time you got left, like you said, with That's five enough. minutes left, you, yeah. And then you definitely don't need to be doing 10. <laughs> like <laughs> No, definitely not. And I see it. I, yeah, I've seen that a lot where I'm just like. It's hard because, like, I, like, you want to give people, like, you, you, like, run and host your own, like, show, right? Mm. You ever, like, uh, like, I've hosted, I don't, like, run my own show, like, but I, um, I do guest host once in a while. And Mm. it's just, like, you want it, you see these people and you want to give them, like, a chance to do more time, but you're worried that they're not going to fill it or it's going to be like that. Or they're like, oh, uh, how much time have I left? And it's just, like, it's hard. And for a while here, like, there wasn't, there weren't a lot of people coming out. So people were getting a lot of time. So there was, like, a period where it was, like, every time I got on stage here, I would get 10 minutes. It was just, like, 10 nice. minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And... It was good because it allowed me to, like, work on my stuff. But then, like, I did a show and I just, like, expected to have 10 minutes. I don't know who the fuck I thought I was. But I just was, like, I was, like, oh, it's going to be 10. And because uh, there were only, okay, so it was, like, a it was like a show that was, like, um, it's, a, it's a fun show. It's, like, half burlesque, half comedians. So it's, like, a okay. burlesque dancer will go, and then a comedian will go. And so there were only three comedians. So I was, like, oh, it'll be ten minutes. And um, then the guy was, like, oh, you're going to do five minutes. And I was, like, oh, shit. I was, like, five minutes. And then – but it was great because I condensed that, like, ten, like, into five. And it was so much mm. better. And I was, like, oh, my God, this is what I needed, like, the whole time. I was to just be told, no, you only have five minutes. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like giving people, like – more time is like can be uh detrimental to to their comedy in the end um i dig that yeah so i i love i love the type five i love the five minute sets i think they really force you to like like we were saying earlier like just like get in what you need to get in and like that's it i used to love the five minute sets i ain't gonna lie like i hate them now <laughs> yeah Cause like I got so much stuff that I'm yeah. trying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's true. I don't know. But I feel that like- being said, like I don't do well. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say that being said, it's not like I do a bunch of five minute sets. But yeah, I'm, I mean, and granted, I'm at a different point. Like I'm actively getting ready for a special. Nice. So we're actually gonna turn it into two specials. It's our material, but I'm gonna split it up into two thirty minute specials. Sweet. To quote my wife, people don't care enough yet to sit through an hour. <laughs> to sit through an hour. I'm like, yo, that's some of the realest shit I ever heard. I was like, say, she sounds like an honest woman. She she's very honest. Nice. That's good. I've known her since like middle school. We didn't start dating until college. 
Nice. Yeah. But yeah, she she will keep it real. It's been a couple of times. That that's not funny. Like <laughs> something that like I'm dying laughing as I write it. That, that that's not funny. Let's try again. That's not that. That's good. How important is it for people to have honest people around them, oh, especially in like comedy? Like comedy, I think it's so important. Yeah, I think it's really important. I think if you don't have honest people around you, then you're never going to learn. What would you say to the person listening to this right now, and you know who you are before I even ask? That has a comedian <laughs> friend that's not funny, <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're afraid of telling them the truth. Like how how would you want someone to tell you that you're not funny? Okay. Bro, that's a hilarious... I need to write that down. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't think I would ever want someone to just be like, you're not funny. Right. But I think there's a way to, like, correct people to where they don't... They're not, like, misled into thinking that they're funny. Because I've seen so many workshops where it's, like, somebody will throw a joke out there and somebody will be like, it's good. It's good. <laughs> um... Maybe, maybe you just do this instead of this, you know? And I'm like, that's not helping. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're not helping. Because if you're like, I don't know. I mean, it might help some people, but like people, (sighs) you got to be a little more direct. Like you don't have to be mean, but you got to be like, you need to change that. You can't be like, oh, it's good, but maybe you just switch this up. Because at that point, it's just like, a, it's just like, a, oh, like maybe I should do this. Like, it's just a suggestion. Mm. Um, but I feel like when you're like, this isn't going to work, and this is why, and you should change it to this, or you should come at it from a different angle, or you should do this. I feel like that's more helpful than just being like, oh, yeah, it's good, but maybe do this, because then they're not going to change it. And I've seen it happen, because I used to be that person who was like, Sure, yeah, sure. I could see where you're going. Uh, but maybe do this instead. And then I watched them get on stage and not do anything that I suggested. And they sucked. <laughs> and, this is why I don't talk to people. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean it, I am almost incapable. Like it's to the point if a comedian is bad or, like, someone's bad, I will legitimately... Because, you know, people say, like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say nothing at all. I don't believe that. And it's like, maybe, you know, the fact that I've said nothing about your set means I have nothing nice to say. Yeah. Yeah. But that'd be better than being an asshole. But at the same time, yeah, like you said, I, mean, I don't know. That's a, that's a hard job. Like, it is. I mean, and that's the thing, too, is, like, whose job is it? Yeah. Is it other comedians? Is it just me? Honestly, it's the audience's job. Oh, there you go. Okay, cool. It's the audience's job. It's definitely the audience's job. Yeah, and like, yeah, because I don't think like just because I'm, just because I'm a fellow comedian, that makes it my responsibility to tell you when a joke is bad or to tell yeah, you Yeah, I feel like I don't owe you anything. You're not on stage with me telling jokes. Like, yeah, like that's the thing. I almost like I've I've tried to like I've almost written a joke about workshops. I mean, like, why would I help you? Like, I'm trying to be better than you. Okay, I will say this, <laughs> and this is something I had to work on. There's enough fans for everybody. Sure. I don't know if there's such thing as like better because there's so many different forms of comedy, but I do That's think true. like better in comedy means more unique to you. Like only you can tell the jokes that you got, that you That's tell. True. Like even if That's... someone tried to steal your material, like if I try to steal yeah, your material, yeah. I can't. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Like same with and that, 
Yeah, like, and that's what I would consider, like, better. Because I'm pretty yeah. sure you're not cracking your jokes now wondering, like, damn, I hope don't nobody steal this. They can't. Right, yeah. You know? But there's so many comedians running around Austin. Oh, man, I hope I hope that nobody steal it. You need to write, you need to write more personal material. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I definitely, that's a good way to know. look at it. It's like, like. I feel like that's a good way to judge your content too. Like when you're writing new jokes, like I feel like that's a good question to ask is like, is that can, if somebody else told it, would it be the same or could somebody yeah. else tell this? I think that's a good question to ask. That's true. That's why I get yeah. so sassy on stage now. <laughs> <laughs> no one's trying to imitate that. My wife said, I was trying to tell her the other day, I'm like, you know, I look at my jokes as like art, like, you know, I'm yeah. trying to take the things that happen to me and, you know, shine them and make them beautiful. She's like, all your jokes come from the same place of, oh, I know you didn't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she, <laughs> she said, she all your jokes you. come from a place of sass. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, like, one day I want my wife to just get up on stage, even if it's for like five, 10 minutes, and like, yeah, right? just talk about me. Like, because <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Right. Hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, you would uh, find it so funny. And I feel like I would do the same. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. My wife is probably, like, the only person that could get on stage and start cracking jokes about me. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) Are you into, like, the roast battles at all? Yeah. Oh, I can't do those. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. I feel like I've said this on the show already, but, like, if I'm in a roast battle, I do want you to kill yourself when you get off stage. Trigger warning. (laughs) Trigger warning. But, Uh, like, because I take, I'm sensitive, and I'm going to take it personal. Like, oh, we're just playing the fuck we are. Like, (laughs) and I want to fight you in the parking lot. Like, (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel that. But, like, I can't, that's one thing that I know, like, I can't do is, like, roast battles. Is there anything that you know that you can't do in terms of comedy? Okay, and not to say that you're unable, but, like, I'm going to stay out of this. But, yeah, but, like, I just, like, wouldn't do. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, I, uh, I hate improv. That's <laughs> like, real. Huh? I, no, I said that's real. Oh, I thought you said that's rude. I was oh, like, no, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't, didn't realize you were a big improv fan. <laughs> no, 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 that's real. But I yeah, should get a shirt. I, I say that shit, like, after a lot of people's, like, statements. Like, hey, that's real. Like, that's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. But, yeah, I was like, I just, I don't know. I hate it. I, maybe I hate it because I'm not good at it. That but, makes sense. But, like. I don't know. I don't think I'm bad at it. I just don't. It's hard for me to see the point. I don't like. I, I just that. don't get it, and I don't like it. We uh, we've done like so we've done we do roasts here sometimes. I mean, it's mainly like when people like ask for it. You know, people be like, "Oh, I'm leaving. I'm moving. Like, roast me." And so we'll do like a farewell roast. Like we have one. We, we can't just actually. have a party. Yeah, pretty much. We, we can't just have a, a dinner. Like we got. <laughs> Yeah, no, we have. Fuck you, Tommy. No one thinks you're funny anyway. Good luck in Boston. What? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're ugly. You look like an uncircumcised penis. Oh my god. Yeah. And and he jumped off the plane on the way to Austin. (laughs) (laughs) Don't bring a parachute. Make sure you make it to the ground. That's right. As quick as possible. (laughs) See, some people think that, like, you know, people are suicidal, but I say that these people are just looking for a solution. Yeah. Like, I ain't gonna lie. And I mean, I, I wasn't trying to go in this direction, but like, even when you talk about suicide, a lot of people ain't gonna ever recover from their mental illnesses. Yeah. And like... For sure. 
you know, who are other people to tell this person, no, you need to live and be miserable for the rest of your life. Like, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's definitely, like, a solution, I think, too. And it's just, like... We're not, we are not endorsing suicide. This is a this yeah, is a no, logical I mean. <laughs> conversation. Someone's like, oh, okay, perfect. And okay, perfect. This is, this is the out that I needed. The hard <laughs> out. This is great. The comfort zone, they told me. Yeah. They said it was okay. So they said it it's was gonna okay. be their note. <laughs> uh, don't why do, you, why do you think people are so uncomfortable about suicide? Because like I feel like it's one of those things. I'm not trying to relate suicide to gun laws. Let me just say that <laughs> off the top. But obviously, like, when there's a shooting, people come mm-hmm. out and they speak out against, like, you know, gun laws and these kind of things. Yeah. As opposed to, like, when there's a suicide, ain't nobody saying, like, you know, when there's a when there's a shooting, people coming out with stats, you know, mm-hmm. mental health statistics, you know, death ratios, all this kind of shit. When it's mm-hmm. a suicide, it's just like, yo, we don't talk about that. Like, not at all. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a definite fair point. It's, uh, it is, I mean, it's so like the, the lack of, um, just mental health education in general in America is so bad. I mean, from the time that you're a kid, yeah, you're told, true. you know, like, don't talk about it. Like you don't need to talk about it. Like get over it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, like mental health has only recently like, even started to like come into more of a light mm-hmm. um and i still think it has a long way to go um i feel like it's like the new cancer hmm? i feel like it's the new cancer like you yeah. remember yeah like before cancer was nothing and then all of a sudden not nothing but you know like people weren't talking about it mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the nfl's wearing pink now it's 18 different marches for breast cancer every weekend like right right yeah it's, it's like i mean i mean the capitalistic like side of america will find anything to get behind you know like if they think that it's going to make them a profit or make them look better then they're going to be like mental health all the way we don't kill yourself we need you to spend your money that's Um, true yeah we (laughs) we can't get your money if your loved ones inherited like yeah exactly so save them and bring them to target like bring them to target (laughs) there's a two-for-one sale on scissors do with them what you will I'm sorry. Two for one sell on razor blades. There you go. Hide them under your tongue for that special time when it's time to end <laughs> up. For, the, for your youth time. For the, you know what else is weird? Like when you talk about death, when you go to churches, all the songs, not all the songs, but like people always have the songs like, oh, when I get to heaven, when I see God's face, blah, blah, but don't nobody want to die. Yeah. Or even talk about death. You, you realize you got to die for these things and these songs to happen, right? Like that's, right. that's one thing that's always been weird for me with humans. Like That's true. Yeah, everybody's just like constantly, oh, like the, when I get to the other side, it's like. And it's the one thing we know is going to happen, but no one wants to talk about it. It is I, weird. I do think that that's part of the solution, so to speak, to to like making mental health conversations better. Like we all have to get comfortable with the fact that we are going to die. Yeah. Like. And there will be a day when someone says your name for the last time. Yeah. And this is not, you normally we end these on a happier note. No. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the comfort zone. This okay. is the comfort well, zone. Great uh, talking to you. Your local source for stoicism. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that is a big part of the conversation. Um, and making it more normalized is just like, 
I don't know, like accepting the fact that it's going to happen, like that death is inevitable, unfortunately. And And not all mental illnesses lead to death. Right. Yeah. I think that's also a big thing, too, is that people there's such a stigma around mental health, like all mental illnesses that it's like that's why people are so hesitant to like go to therapy or go to a psychiatrist or get diagnosed because it's like, oh, well. If I have bipolar, like, I'm going to go fucking crazy like Kanye. Like, that's what it's going to lead to. And it's like, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to just end up killing myself or, you know, I'm going to end up hallucinating and seeing mm. things and hearing voices. And like that movie that came out, um, like, years ago, what was it? Uh, was it called Split? Yeah. Yeah, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, where he was playing all those different characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like from the beginning when that movie came out, I was like, there's going to be an issue. I was like, this is like, it's hard because I wanted to like, I watched the movie and I wanted to be like, yeah, I mean, he's a great actor, obviously. Like this is, I mean, if you take up the subject matter, I mean, it's a great performance. But at the same time, I was like, oh man, there's such a stigma around mental health already that like people with DID, like dissociative dissociative identity disorder like any kind of personality disorder i feel like are now going to be even more viewed as like crazy and like dangerous and and shit like that so what'd you think of moon knight wait did you see moon knight i don't think so on disney it's uh no no i haven't i haven't i know about it but i haven't seen it yeah that character has did and they touch on yeah i mean they talk about like where it came from and that kind of stuff too i was like wow is moon knight really like the first mental health advocation superhero i think so i feel yeah probably i mean i can't (laughs) think of any others that are not the hero we wanted but it's the hero we got (laughs) (laughs) i would say batman Uh, yeah True. Like, there's definitely some things going He's on with Batman. Yeah, well, He's definitely you're an orphan, issues. and you're a multi-billionaire, and you spending your time fighting thugs for free. Yep, you're right. He's definitely got problems. There's something. There's definitely there. something going on. Batman, if you're listening, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> Give Call us a call. Zone, We're trying to help you out. I um, <laughs> I do appreciate you for being on the show, and I will say this: you definitely will be part of that change in terms of like taking the stigma away from mental illness. Cause like I said, I mean, it's, it's part of your material. It's part of your story. And you do a very good job of presenting it without making it like, like you said, without making it like, Oh my God, we, someone check on her when she gets off stage. Uh, yeah, like, man, hurry, We get it. God. I've legitimately been to open mics though, where like people are like, Hey, you need to be more open. And people get on stage. You know, I'm really thinking about killing myself when I get off stage. What the fuck? Not that open. Like, <laughs> Tone it down. Tone it down. Tone it all the way down. You didn't have to be so direct. Jesus. You, yeah. Like, I I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I've definitely heard people where I'm like, all right, maybe. Okay. <laughs> we should. Someone should check on them. It's not me, though, because I don't like people. But no. <laughs> someone should check yeah, on them. Right, Here's like, their number. I'm, not I'm not me. Gonna do it. But My name someone. is not someone. Yeah, I want I want someone to hear me saying that someone should, so I'm not responsible. <laughs> I'm gonna name my last child someone. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone should. Go. Someone should do this. I'm always working. I know. I'm sorry. Someone cares. No. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any um any social media? It's like who cares? Who cares? No, <laughs> I remember one time I was I played pee wee baseball and. The coach was asking, like, you know, ask me if I care. And this one dude, do you care? No, I don't fucking care. And you can run all the way back to the school. 
That was a dumb I, question. I had never heard someone like, he raised his hand and everything. Y'all can ask me if I care. Oh, in the back, do you care? <laughs> <laughs> and that's part of the joke. That's my life. Oh, um, do you have any socials baseball. or anything you want to plug? Um. Yeah, I've got, uh, I have an Instagram. It's uh, just Paige Nelson Comedy. Um, you can find, you know, all my upcoming shows and pictures from old shows and stuff like that coming up and, um, where I'm traveling to and stuff like that. Um, and then I don't have Twitter at the moment. There was a period of time, like during the pandemic where I did delete all my socials because, um, just, you know, mental yeah. health stuff. I didn't want to be on it anymore. I mean, that's, your social media got pretty toxic. During the For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. got more toxic than usual. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Which, you know, again, I recognize that I am privileged to be able to just unplug from it. But um, at the same time, I was like, yeah, it's going down. My mental health, it's going down if I stay on this. So, yeah, I just deleted everything. But uh, I am back on Instagram. Like I said, Paige Nelson Comedy. I don't have Twitter right now, but I do have um, TikTok. There you go. Uh, My TikTok is... (laughs) It's a thousand one island dressing, so it's one zero zero one island dressing. Because ah. uh, my Instagram used to be a thousand island dressing uh, ah. before I deleted it, uh, so that's what I made my like TikTok based off of. It's a thousand one island dressing. Um, Yo, what is in a thousand island dressing? Not much. <laughs> it's like let me look it, that up. I, I feel like I don't want to know. It's. I don't even remember. I know it's not a lot. There's not a lot of ingredients. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is like when you find out what's in Slim Jims. You're going to still eat them, but. Yeah. Yeah. If you know. you're going to do it, you're just going to disassociate and not think about it. Yo, Worcestershire sauce is in everything. Yeah. But what is that made out of? That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But I do find, I did find mayonnaise, olive oil, lemon juice, orange juice, paprika, Worcestershire sauce, mustard, vinegar, cream, chili sauce, tomato puree, and ketchup. What? Okay. What it's just like a mix in, of everything. What is in Worcestershire sauce? <laughs> vinegar, molasses, anchovies, garlic, termine <laughs> extract, chill pepper extract. Oh, chili pepper extract. Sugar and salt, along with undisclosed natural ingredients. <laughs> Get the f- that's <laughs> There's all undisclosed. <laughs> undisclosed. That makes it so much worse. It's people. It's soil and grain. <laughs> it's people. <laughs> I never saw that movie, but that's the one quote I do. Soil and grain is people. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the movie that came out in the sixties. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, I do appreciate you for being on the show. Of course, um, yeah. Thank you for very... having me. I appreciate you having me. And, um, yeah, I love the podcast. I love uh, the idea behind it um, and the whole, you know, just being a part of the fight to, like, destigmatize mental health. I think it's great. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, like you said, arts is a big part of it. So, like, having people who are in those industries and doing those things, um, I think, is an important important perspective to have. Paige Nelson, ladies and gentlemen, being the change that she wants to see in the world. Doing my best. 
Paige, we're gonna have you back before you blow up on us. Now I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> I will come back anytime. Whenever you Push have a space, I will be on. All right, y'all. So tomorrow, no. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, Fine. I'm gonna hit the end button. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.